Hello, good people, and welcome to the Amateur Hour. My name is Justin. My name's Tyler. And we're finally back. And bigger than ever. That's right, we gained a full 81 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're back. It's been a long time. A long summer. <laughs> we're actually smaller because one's missing. Yeah, we got one missing. We got to address it early, okay? We got one missing today, um, but uh, it's okay. We still got the three of us, the three musketeers. It's, yeah, what can you say? When you're missing one, you got three. <laughs> um, I. If, what can I say, boys? It, it generally does feel good to be back. We got a lot to talk about today. A lot of things. We're going to run through a lot, okay? From from where we've been and what happened last season to, uh, you know, uh, some new things happening in the tech world. Even getting into a little bit of uh, personal lives. Everything is going to be absolutely fantastic for this episode. And I thank you guys for joining us. All 42 of you subscribers, or 43 now, I forget. Regardless, it's absolutely fantastic to have you back listening to us. Thank you very much for tuning in and choosing us. Because <laughs> you know us, we're on all four platforms. Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. So, <laughs> let's get into it. First things first, where we were, what happened last season. It kind of ended abruptly. So, we were prepping to end season two and we actually recorded quite a bit of episodes uh leading up to the end of season two but a lot of misfortunes happen uh in my life in particular and i'm the one predominantly editing so uh there was a lot happening um fortunately in my personal life that i i maybe discuss later but currently i'll, I'll kind of stay off that topic because you know i'd like to keep some things to myself but yeah it was very tough let's just say and it sucks that i wasn't able to or that we weren't able to finish the season off like we wanted to um we talked about some very interesting things and interesting topics we won't put out the episodes because it just feels like it'll definitely be out of the loop and just not fit with the flow um Especially with this new season. I hope you guys are enjoying. We have a new animatic, new thumbnail, per usual. Same original song by our uh, our wonderful Adam Stone. But yeah, more on that in a sec. But so unfortunately, we, we had a lot going on personally. And uh, it was predominantly me. So we couldn't get through it. We, we, we talked about what happened. But let's now talk about what happened in our summer. Summer life must have been crazy or interesting, especially, you know, with the good old Rona always being there. <laughs> but uh, I think first things first, let's address Austin's summer because we haven't heard from him in just a sec. So, uh, Austin, how's your summer? Tell me about the wonders, diswonders, everything in between. <laughs> well, it was a pretty big summer for me. June, I bought a house, my first house, which was really, really cool. So mo a lot of my summer has been filled with buying a house and mowing lawns and fixing fences, the lovely, awesome stuff of owning a house. And got to go on some vacations, which was really nice. I fortunately didn't get to see Justin this summer like last summer. 
vacations were awesome. I got to go and see some grandparents, which was really, really cool. With coronavirus, you can't really go and see people very often, especially elderly people. It's just not safe. I mean, it was pretty cool, pretty good summer. Enjoying the house. A nice living not with my parents. Got my own little podcast space, basically, which is really, really awesome. Um, better internet. That's the best part about it. Better internet. Yeah, you, you internet had some... at my parents' house was bad. <laughs> you it had some cool. laggy internet, and I think... Uh... At some instances during the podcast that you know, some people might have been able to hear it, essentially. So I do apologize. But look, Aussie's got new internet. You know, there's a few things that I definitely want to ask you about kind of living on your own, right? Um, now that you have your own home, I mean, is it scary? Are you freaked out? I'm sure like there's like a level of, uh, you know... Uh, like a moment right where you, you're living with family you get so used to it right you hear a noise outside you're like eh, mom and dad's here or you know your brother whoever you're living with right so like is there that level of like now you hear a noise and you're like oh shoot i'm the one who has to check it out like <laughs> well uh thankfully i i should have mentioned i do have some but one of my friends is living with me but um I did. I have had a few of those moments, uh, specifically not too long ago when I didn't. Re- I thought my roommate was going to be gone longer than he was, and all of a sudden it sounded like somebody was like bashing in my door, and I, I'm like, oh my gosh, no, what's going on? So I had to leave my office and see what was going on, and I come in there, and he's just like, I don't know, trying to cook or something. So he's like smacking pans and stuff. And it sounded like somebody was breaking down my door. That was a scary moment until I realized what was going on. But other than that, like the only, the only real thing that I can think of was like, Oh, you are. I obviously was like super excited to move out and stuff. But then there was like really the second week. It was before my roommate moved in. I was like sitting in my house, nobody here, but me and my dog. And I was like, man, this is kind of lonely. I kind of miss living with my parents a little bit. And then I was like, ah, but I like having my space. That was the I mean, how does to get it feel you with that's, like... That's uh, that moment where you turn on a video game or a movie and you just crank the volume and you're like, wait, nobody gives a shit. This is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I can play whatever music I want as loud as I want. I can I can poop with the door open. <laughs> on that. How are the, uh, so like I know too, like with the house comes the, like the household duties. So how does like essentially, and pun intended, but <laughs> how does, you know, uh, transitioning from, you know, you, you, you're, you go from, you know, certain household duties and like, you know, particular chores, right, that you, you do throughout your house and now living out on your own, you got, so much more to essentially worry about when it comes to a house. I mean, like kind of walk me through that sort of experience. Um, well it was, there was a little bit of an adjustment. Luckily I just like love, just love keeping stuff clean. Oh, like just chores in general aren't too bad. I mean, obviously there are times where I'm like, I don't want to do this and I put it off. Um, big adjustment really like mowing and like thing what I've, I've always mowed whenever my dad loves to mow so i didn't mow a ton but i would mow i mowed at my one of my other houses that i lived in but the difference was is it's like i love it when it rains but now 
I'm not a big fan of the rain because that means I got to mow in a couple days. So that was kind of an adjustment. And actually, my first time mowing at my house, uh, my neighbor has a few dogs. I guess one got out, and this was before I knew my neighbors really at all. So I didn't know if it was their dogs or what. I started mowing, and this dog chased me around the yard for like 45 <laughs> minutes while I mowed my backyard. Then I was just finishing up the backyard, prepared to go to the front yard, and I was like, oh, God, this dog's out here. Is it going to tear me up? And thankfully, the neighbor came out and realized his dog was out there. But I'd say, like, the biggest, really the biggest adjustment is, like, managing my time better. You know, because you've got, there's, I've got to cook all my food myself now. My, I don't have a mother to just cook food for me. If I don't cook, then I have to go buy food. And so it's, and it's like, then you got to also manage how much money you're spending and all that stuff. There was definitely an, a little bit of an adjustment, but it wasn't too bad. Welcome to real life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit of a slap in the face. I can definitely vouch for that. Tyler's, uh, he's had the fortune of being able to be on his own, essentially, for, well, I mean, he kind of started a little bit earlier on. But I knew it was like uh, it had to be more of adjustment for for you, honestly, because it's been a while, right? Like, I mean, I even even moved out just yet, neither, and I can imagine um, all the different things I'm going to run into when moving out uh, to my own home. All like you're saying, I mean, now and then. Here's another thing too: we haven't even hit winter yet, so you have to do all the shoveling now too. And uh, that's like one of those aspects that I know I'm not going to look forward to uh, when getting my own home. I mean, I already kind of shovel, but now it's like I really have to shovel. Like <laughs> there's no like, ah, dad will get it or my brother. It's just like, no, I will have to. <laughs> so I, it, I could see, you know, all those different aspects becoming an adjustment. I mean, no one really stops to think and. Uh, when they're first moving out, like they just like so quick to want to be like, yeah, I just want to grow up and I want my own responsibilities. But like you never really gauge the large amounts of responsibilities that actually happen when you when you step out into like quote what Tyler says, the real world. And when you're stepping out there, like right now, it's like more or less, uh, you know, worrying about. You know, oh, well, someone else is going to pick up the slack for you. No, and now it's like you have to do it. It's a matter of survival and uh, basic necessity of, of certain things you have to do, like uh, managing food, <laughs> right, mm -hmm. and, and how much you're spending and the things you could sort of, can I spend on fun today or do I have to worry about my mortgage payment, you know, <laughs> or mm, like yeah. light and electricity and all that jazz. Uh, thankfully... Hopefully God bless me, and I, I, do, I'm not, you know, I don't have to worry too awful hard. I can, ha I can spend some fun money most days. But, you know, I, I, while you were talking, I was thinking about it. the biggest thing, the like, moment, the, like, oh shit, moment for me, was when I went back home for the first time to my parents' house, and I go home and like, you know, you just walk in that door and like, I was going through the motions. I'm like, all right do this do this all right go to my bedroom my bedroom empty and i was like oh i don't <laughs> live here anymore I when, I, when i moved out my bedroom was immediately like transformed into chloe's bedroom because they were like 
yeah, when when you move out, Chloe needs her own room here. So brand new painted walls. They gave her a new bed. She's got her little crib thing in there. All of her toys are all over the place. They they basically spoiled the crap out of her. But it was like this is not mine anymore whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, my, my little girl took over my space. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a, that would be interesting too. My parents are about to turn my bedroom into my younger sister's bedroom since she's off at college. They're gonna take the her bedroom, and I don't know what they're doing with it. They're doing something with it, but it's like it's got a better floor plan to be used for other things. So I think they're gonna maybe turn it into like a a dining room or something i'm not really sure <laughs> they just like turn your room into the uh the rec room of the house like <laughs> you're like have some have my older sister just threw everything in there and they're like all right this is kind of the storage room oh my lord <laughs> yeah. i don't know for tyler for you i don't know if this was like something like you realized so you know, like, when you're a kid, your parents are always harping on you, like, turn off lights when you're not in those rooms, all that stuff, right? Well, when I was at my parents' house, I was the world's worst. I would leave my bedroom light on, I'd be gone all day, leave the bathroom light on all night, because I'd go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. There is, like, one light on in my house at all times, and it's the room I'm in. I don't know, like, why, but then yeah, I own my I'd... own house instantly. It was like, boom, lights are off. That's how I am. Um, I have, you know, I'll have a fan running to circulate air, and then I'll have, like, a light where I'm at, and everything else is off. But Sarah, she's, like, the complete opposite. She leaves the light on going from room to room. Or, like, she has these warmer things all over the place where you, like, put the candle wax in for the scent and you turn it on. Um, and she, those are on all over the place. She has to sleep with the TV on, and I'm like, I turn it off, and like 45 minutes later, I get woke up again by the TV turning back on. So, yeah, it's like I have to turn everything off, and then she has to turn everything on. <laughs> so it, it's a constant back-and-forth battle. No, it's just like it's like a switch flips in your head, because like, I, when I was at my parents', lights were on. When we were moving me in, Mom was like walking through the house, you know. She was like leaving lights on, and I was just like following behind her, turning off all the lights. I was like, "Mom, he doesn't grow on trees. Turn the lights off. Come on." I well, I'm I'm trying to buy a house right now. I really hope the deal doesn't fall through. I don't think it will, but um, I'm already looking into like doing the smart home stuff where you get all like the Z-Wave switches and you and you learn them all into a controller that you know, looks for motion and temperatures and everything and makes everything super efficient. So I'm already doing that, like, figuring out how it's all going to work. So when I do finally get in the house, I can just start hooking stuff up. Because, um, yeah, I'm like, save as much energy as you can so the NIPSCO bill is not ridiculously high. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, I'm I'm always doing that. Yeah, like I can imagine. Uh, oh my goodness! I, I, I actually, I can't imagine. I can't imagine being on my own. Not just yet, right? Because there's so much that goes into it that you know I even necessarily thought about myself. With that said, yeah. I mean Tyler, tell tell uh, you had an interesting summer, right? I mean, a lot of good and a lot of bad. I know you went on a vacation. 
uh, in your summer. I mean, tell us, uh, tell us how your summer went. Well, I mean, for me, it's work a whole lot and then work some extra and then work a lot more after that. So work doesn't give you a break. Um, but I finally got some time where I just took a week vacation, a uh, little more than a week, I think, actually. But we went down to Texas. My dad is uh, building a steel processing plant down there. He's one of the project managers on it. So we went down there to visit him because he's been traveling down there, staying there for the week, and then he comes back like every other weekend or something like that. So he was like, well, why don't you guys come on down? So we went down there. Um, we went to a couple of different Six Flags in Texas. Uh, we went down to see the ocean. That was the first time I've seen the ocean, so that was pretty cool. We went to the USS Lexington. It's an old battleship that they turned into like a museum. You can see all the planes and you can walk through the whole ship and see all how everything works and how they had it set up. That was pretty cool. Uh, we took Chloe to the state aquarium there. You could pet like sharks and stingrays and that was cool too. And then we rented a few different houses. So we had one up on the beach. We had a hotel in, oh shoot, where was it? Um, Dallas. And then we had one more, I can't remember what town it was, but it was it was closer to Dallas still. Um, but that one was like a house. It was like an Airbnb. And we just did a couple of little things at each one. We seen the Battle of the Alamo, but we didn't get to go inside the church because they were they stopped doing uh, tours when we got there. So that was that was the vacation. Vacation was pretty fun. And then my dad took us to one of the guys that he's working with. He had a huge barbecue, and I mean, he was cooking burgers and steaks and chicken breasts. I mean, this this guy. If if you've if you've never seen a grill master before, that this is the guy. He like he wouldn't tell you what he's seasoning it with. He was like super super strict on how he was cooking it, but everything came out so perfect. It was like it, that was hands down the best dinner I had while we were there. But that was the highlight of the summer, and I guess the next highlight of the summer is this house I'm trying to buy. So we're we're getting through the process, but it's a pain to say the least. I was just going to say, oh, yeah, the process is a pain. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The amount of paperwork you have to sign, the amount of things they need from you. Sometimes they ask your yeah, parents. You have to give up earnest money. Then you have to sign a whole bunch of papers. Mm -hmm. So we, we signed the first group of papers, and it's like, okay, you have eight days to get an inspection. So right away I called a person to get an inspection, paid 350 bucks for that. Mm -hmm. Um. Let's see. The, the inspection the inspection went through, and then we had to file for an extension because he found some problems with the house. And now we have to go back and forth because the owners they're like, they're we're not putting any more money into this house, and there's a water problem in the basement. And then the owners just kind of like, well, there's never been a water problem before, and we found a drain that was clogged, and blah blah blah. And I'm like. It's all right, guys. I don't actually care. It's just part of the process. Just give me five grand off and, and sign the next piece of paper. <laughs> awesome. And, but apparently everything is just... It has to be a big deal about every little step. And the whole process, let's hurry up and get to this point and then wait three weeks. 
Uh, I asked my, whenever I was doing all my stuff, I asked my realtor a lot of questions because I was like very interested in the process because at some point I want to get into renting and then like maybe be buying and selling stuff, fixing stuff up, you know, on my horizons. But I was asking my realtor and she said that like, once you sign those papers, it's like, it takes, literally takes like 28 days them to get through all the paperwork to go to all the people that it needs to go to for all the notaries and all this stuff and all that stuff and it's like many people and not everybody does it immediately so it's like if you if you sign that paperwork and you have 26 days till you're closing like you're rushing it's like it's kind of wild it's like how does something take that long yeah right it's it's, it's it I is insanity going through, i'm going through a different company uh it's churchill and they pre-approve you and they do all of like an underwriting process first and they get everything lined up so that next process where you have to wait a month just to close it's supposed to make that a lot easier and faster and they do a thing called Churchill Certified and the way that they explained it to me is the Churchill Certified gives you kind of a hand up above other people because when you're putting bids in on a house and stuff, when they see the Churchill certified, they're like, he's already got everything figured out. And you can step in, even with a lower bid than someone, you can step in and they'll take you over someone else because they don't have to work for two months on it. So that's kind of cool. I'm, I'm kind of waiting to see if this process really is a lot easier or if it doesn't actually take as long. Because mm-hmm. if, it, if it is like that, I'm going to definitely recommend it to anyone in the future that buys a house <laughs> are you signing all your paperwork uh truly or are you going in and signing paperwork oh it's all electronic yeah that's how that was that's like the new thing that the real estate mm-hmm. industry is doing now because of the covid like all but last closing my day of closing everything was signed virtually up until then yeah, I, from what I understand, when you actually go to the closing, my realtor calls it the closing table. Then you go to a room with like eight or ten people, and they're just passing books around and sign here, sign here, blah, 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 blah. So I oh. guess at that point, I'll actually be able to pick up a pen. <laughs> I, my experience was after signed, you know, I signed all the virtual stuff, and then day of my closing, I one last walkthrough when the house was completely empty the people you know had moved out and they uh like they had done everything cleaned everything so i looked at everything made sure there was no like hidden mold or anything like that and then i went to the to go sign the paperwork and it was just one lady but the stack of papers that i had to sign was ridiculous (laughs) yeah i'm waiting for that I basically but, told my realtor, you need to talk to me like I'm an idiot and I know nothing. <laughs> that's what I told mine. I was like, so, look, so I never like, bought Explain out. everything you put in front of me thoroughly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my realtor was one of my uh, my uh, sis, my older sister's friends, her sorority friends. And so like, I, she was like just texting me like a normal human being and like wasn't like super duper professional. I could just like ask her whatever I wanted and she would answer I was like, I'm sorry. I probably sounds really stupid, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just flying by the seat of my pants right now. I said, you could like totally take advantage of this situation and make way more off of me. But I was like, I appreciate that you're not. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Uh, I got a, I got a really good friend from work, 
and it's actually someone that is in the family for him. So I'm like, yeah, hook me up with her number. Because before, I went through three or four different realtors, and they were people that I found online that are local to the area, and one was actually recommended from the Churchill place. And the first realtor, I told this lady, I'm not spending over $200,000. I want to stay in, like, these two school districts. I still get emails. 90% of the houses she sends me are 250 and up, or she'll send me one that's, like, 35000 that is a teardown, and then you rebuild. Tell me how that's going to work right now. Either way, with that said, uh, we're going to cut to our first break in a long time. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy our new sponsors. Uh, be sure to check them out. All of who we affiliate with will be in the link in the description. Uh, stay tuned, though. We have a lot we're going to get into. Get ready. A lot to talk about in the tech world coming up after these sponsors. Hope you enjoy. Looking for a fun new way to eat popcorn? Then I have the place for you. Kelly's Kernels has 68 flavors to choose from. Try out their delicious birthday cake flavor or their cheesy cheddar flavor. If you want to go classic, the Chicago style flavor is for you. Either way, you have a wide variety of flavors to choose from. But that's not all. They offer other treats such as shaved ice, cotton candy, and mini melts. Be sure to enjoy the dine-in experience and bring the whole family. So come on down to Kelly's Kernels, where it's always poppin'. Located at 13226 Lincoln Plaza Way, Cedar Lake, Indiana. Link in the bio. Enjoy high-octane gaming with the Grim Reaper live on Twitch. Watch the Reaper as he plays through a plethora of game titles such as Call of Duty Warzone, Call of Duty Zombies, Valorant, Minecraft, and more. Join him as he competes against high competition in COD Warzone tournaments for large cash prizes. You can catch the Grim Reaper streaming Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, 6 to 11 p.m. CDT. Just search twitch.tv forward slash the Grim Reaper. Link in the bio. And we're back from that word from our sponsors. I hope you guys enjoyed. Again, thank you to all of our sponsors. And give them a check. Like, look look them up all of their links are going to be in the description again anyone we associate with and uh, work with it's going to be in the link in the description so you can give them a follow tell them we sent you per usual so be sure you guys uh check that out and thank you to uh bmmb byron for our latest animation and artwork thank you so much a round of applause for him as well. <laughs> um, and be sure to check out Adam Stone. He's got a new song out. I'm sure you guys are going to really love it. It's some solid stuff. Some uh, Almost like a, a new table has turned, essentially, uh, of him dipping into like this more harder music, so to speak. So I hope you guys enjoy that as well. Um, you can follow him again. Link in the description. Be sure to check him out. Uh, fantastic sponsor of the podcast, as usual. But with that said, Tyler, tell us about what's what's happening uh, in terms of California. You brought this to our attention, and we want to hear more about it. I don't think it's California that necessarily is doing it. 
but they're participating, um, as well as Oregon, Washington, Vermont, and Hawaii. And I think they're actually doing it in Canada as well. But what it is, it's an energy saving program and they're targeting computers. So there's a lot of, how do I say, stipulations, I guess. So it's it's targeted towards um, pre-builts. So if you go buy like an Alienware or a Dell or an HP, you know, a pre-built system, they're not allowing certain computers to be imported into their states unless they're certified for energy saving. And basically what it is, you can't have, you have to have a certain type of power supply that's a certain level of efficiency. Um, if you have graphics cards and high power RAM and all that stuff, it all has to be certified for a unit to be able to be imported. And what it is, California, they're saying that there is like 6 or 7% of their energy used is when computers are idling. So they're, they're wanting to say that when your computer is idling and not being used, that is, I guess, 6% alone in the state. So and that and I'm assuming that number is probably a pretty round ballpark number for the other states as well. Possibly Canada. I don't know about Canada though. Um, but the big thing is when you game on your computer and then you leave it running for the rest of the day, how much power is it using, and what type of power supply is it running so it's more efficient or less efficient, and if you're doing, I don't know if, if mining or anything like that counts because those computers are running 24-7. But then they also said, if you built your own computer, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> so that part I don't understand. So if I if I buy an Alienware or an HP or, or some other, someone else's pre-built gaming system, and I live in one of these areas... It has to be certified or I can't purchase it. But if it's an uncertified machine, I can buy all of the parts and have them shipped to my house and build it and legally run it. Yeah, so for, for what I've seen um, in, in terms of like this sort of energy cons you know, conservation, so to speak, is that first off, I mean, it's worth mentioning too that the reason that this is a thing... Um, not only are they trying to like cut back on emissions in terms of like the energy we use and putting out emissions into uh, the environment is that they're kind of stepping in because we're gonna we're literally using more power than what we're gonna have available uh, in the future so this is something that I mean I, I wasn't even aware until uh, again Tyler brought this to my attention in in terms of like these restrictions going on in california and the other places that he's mentioned um and yeah so for what i understand uh is that like you were saying tyler like these companies are building these computers that are predominantly idling and i don't know what it is but uh they also because you were saying well like you know you don't have any have to worry about any sort of regulation when it comes to building your pc as opposed to a, a pre-made one well as yeah, far as and, i was seeing that was the part that i was confused about yeah as far as i was seeing though can, oh go ahead you, you you can build your own computer like order the parts off amazon newegg whatever you can build it yourself 
and it's not affected by these rules because you purchased the parts and you built it. When it is affected is when I buy it from Dell or Alienware or HP, whatever, then I can only get what's allowed in my state. To my knowledge, when, when seeing that was that... Uh... Uh, you, those regulations are mainly on these like bigger providers right because they're the ones sort of building these pcs they're the ones controlling the optimization of like right like how much power is being used in a lot of the parts that um people end up buying on their own and like a certain motherboard for their personal like you know uh what's that called diy right do it yourself sort yeah. of yep. computer um, when you build like one and you're using a motherboard, most of the motherboards, like the best motherboard you can get currently right now on the field, it, believe it or not, does not take up, uh, many, much power. It doesn't idle and it doesn't like take a crazy amount of power because it's, uh, optimized for energy consumption as well as, um, choosing and, and how it's used. That's the key thing that is confusing to me because for the, for the people that know computer tech, let's say you have a crazy overbuilt motherboard, way overbuilt VRM, 8-channel RAM, and you're running a Threadripper chip on it that's three or 400 watts to power the chip. And then let's say you put two or three graphics cards that are pulling... 300 watts a piece and you know let, let's say your computer is on average running over 1200 watts and maybe you have a 1600 watt overhead power supply in it and you're pulling that much power while you are using the computer they say that that's okay but it's when that computer idles they say that you have to have like between 15 and 30 minutes to ramp down the power usage so while that computer is idle and you're away from it it has to be below a certain threshold and that's where that's where they're making the requirements that aren't allowed so if you have this crazy powerful computer and you're using it for your work that's okay but when you walk away from it it has to go below a certain threshold and if it doesn't, that's where they're saying that those kind of computers aren't allowed. Because that means when you're not using the computer, but it's still pulling three or 400 watts from the grid, even though you're not touching it, that's what they're trying to minimize on. So when they, they want it to go, I thought it was something down below like 35 watts or something for it to be idle. And then it said after 15 to 30 minutes or something like that, if you aren't using the computer at all, they actually want the computer to either go into an extremely low power state or completely shut off. And I think that's the important parts for the grid saving because let's say we're at work for eight hours a day, maybe four or five hours is on my workstation computer, but now I'm away from the office or whatever for the rest of the day. Those computers, if they're running in the background the whole time, that's where the energy problems are. That's where they want them to be shut off. So let's say, for example, I work at an accounting firm or something, right? And they're just buying a bunch of stationary desktops. And by them buying these desktops, a lot of times these providers aren't look or like 
these companies are not looking at, okay, well, are these computers energy efficient, whatever, uh, good for, you know, the good of the environment or whatever. And, and they're just buying any type of computer like that's made by Dell or made by these providers in bulk, right? And I could assume like that is what is probably taking up a lot of the energy because as opposed to someone who's building a lap or like a, a PC, you know, themselves, they're kind of more conscious of the tech that they're putting in there. Um, and these companies aren't worried about what's in the PC. They're just buying a PC. And so a lot of these people as well that are using the PC, like an account or something like that, they're probably not like these individuals that are worried uh, about the tech that's not theirs, right? Like they're just like, eh, I just use it just to use it. I'm a user. That's it as opposed to someone who builds it. So I could I could see why they're sort of passing these regulations for uh, these companies like Dell and, and such like that. But it is also worth mentioning that with you building your own PC, you're supposed to pay attention to, and especially in these areas, those sort of idle thresholds and the thresholds of uh it was like something about how much power your pc is taking they're they have like a website where you're supposed to sort of gauge uh it has like yeah. a, a gauge or something like that uh telling they're you pushing everyone to look at the requirements so like me i always build my own stuff so there's somewhere i can go to look at the requirements to see if i'm building it to that specification but for DIY builders building it for personal use, they're not requiring it. But I can definitely see in the future that they're going to start to require it. So I don't know how far in the future if that's going to be soon or late. Um, but yeah, there is there is like the website for you to go look up the specification, what's allowed, what's not allowed, and how many watts and everything that you're allowed to have at idle. So there is a place you can go to where if you're building your own you can build it to that specification, but they're not requiring it. So that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting to see if they start to require that and then what kind of changes we're going to see after that. So I have right a now question. it's just affecting the big box places. I have a question for you is like, do you feel that it is a bad or good implementation uh, in terms of the this whole Well, saving? from our earlier conversation about, you know, moving into the house, I'm that person that's always you know, shutting off the lights, conserving energy, doing all that. And I mainly do that for my own NIPSCO bill, you know, because obviously that makes the bill cheaper. But when you think of it, you know, how many other people around me, we, we have neighborhoods where there used to be cornfields and now there's three, 400 houses. They all probably got an Xbox, a gaming computer, an office computer, something of that nature that's pulling power. In my house, I shut everything off when I'm not using it. My TV has a timer to where if it's not doing something within so much time, it shuts itself off. I'd imagine other people are probably doing the same thing. Um, but you also got to think, okay, I'm doing that for my electrical bill, but... If everyone else is leaving their stuff on, you know, maybe they're not thinking about themselves personally for their electrical bill. But when you look at, at the grid, when you think about those three or four hundred houses just for one neighborhood, maybe 
you know, now everyone's going back to school. So maybe maybe before when it was the the height of the summer and everyone's on gaming and everything because we have to be isolated in the house. There's a lot of energy being used, especially for the people that walk away from their game system to eat lunch or step away from the office, you know, with that hour of time that you're sitting there not using the system, but the system's still up and running. That's putting a lot of load. And I'm only talking about three or 400 house neighborhood. There's thousands of houses around me. So if everyone is, you know, starting to obey these restrictions and saving energy, that's, you know, we got a coal fired uh, turbine for our energy system over here at Nipsco when it goes over a certain threshold and they have to fire up another turbine because we have so much things just idly not actually being used if we cut back on that and we're able to run off of less energy as a whole for that power plant just think of the amount of emissions that's not being up in the air it it goes a lot farther than just you guys paying the bills it's actually how much energy we're that we're literally wasting and you know as we were saying earlier, how many houses and how many neighborhoods go up, it's hard to make a power plant bigger because those spaces are already filled. So in the future, we're going to get to the point where we can't produce enough. So we have to regulate it now. And, you know, I'm, I'm assuming I keep on seeing more and more ads for like solar energy and everything like that. And I keep on seeing like more and more people around me where they put solar panels and stuff on the roof. If we moved more towards that, then we were using like battery backup and solar power or more of the wind turbines, stuff like that, I think would be really the way to go. But for now, just reducing and being more thoughtful of the energy that we're using, I think that's going to be probably one of the biggest steps we could take as a whole. Yeah. So I do understand why. In in terms of that, I, I mean, I definitely agree with you um, on that stance. I'm I'm happy that you know it's kind of cra- it sounded crazy at first when you first sent this to me. I was like, oh, that sucks. But um, the more kind of research we did into it, I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is actually kind of saving our environment uh, in so many different aspects that you know uh, we didn't realize. And I also think about this aspect as well is that it it definitely is pushing tech to be more efficient and uh, I think we needed that sort of minimal upset so to speak to sort of wake the tech company or like these sort of yeah these tech companies in say into this idea that okay we, we have to build first off our pcs more energy efficient and two we like for the individuals building these particular parts of tech is like okay well how can we make it more energy efficient and efficient in general right like in in terms of how it works and how it runs i feel like this is pushing uh tech to the correct boundaries that it needs to go uh, right, because if not, and we're not going to have that innovation, you know. Yeah, and we're and we're moving to an era where an era where we're not, you know, ten fifteen years ago, there was probably a lot of companies where you had an office, and maybe that office had a bunch of cubicles, and they still had computers, but they were not used much, and maybe they had a fifteen twenty, maybe even a 
40 watt bulb at their desk that was the power consumption for that person and then they maybe used a little bit on the computer but old computers they didn't pull a lot of power well now everything requires a computer and typically let, let's let's look at your office computer the the cheap dell that you buy by the hundred to fill up your office so everyone has a computer you use they usually have three or four hundred watt power supplies in them so now you're powering that computer on top of just the lighting and stuff in your office for people to work. So, you know, your office that took, let's just use simple numbers, a thousand lots to light up the office for people to work. Okay, now you ordered a hundred computers, a hundred, four hundred watts times a hundred for each computer plus the lighting. That's why everything has to be more efficient. With that said, there's another fantastic uh, sort of topic in in the news uh, in terms of tech that uh, we're definitely going to get to. One that really interested me uh, in something that I didn't mention at the at the top of this episode is the new Stream Deck for from uh, what company? Uh, Austin, I believe you you sort of were the head of this topic, so I'd love to hear more about uh, this new Stream Deck and how it could possibly be like the Switch Killer. Yeah, so uh, I I actually, you know, scrolling through the old TikTok is how I ended up finding it. And basically, um, I don't remember the Valve, that's who it is. Valve is the one that's creating it. And basically, in a sense, just going to be a handheld PC is basically what they're saying it's going to be. That's how they're uh, advertising it. It's a handheld PC that, and their goal is you can play any game that you can think of that's on Steam is going to be able to be played on that. And uh, it, the design itself looks a lot like a Nintendo Switch. Like the only difference I really see is maybe it's a little bit thicker, and that the controllers or the a Switch you have Joy Cons, but on this they're like it's built in. Like you're not taking these things off. Um, and it's like, like I said, their goal is to make it to where any game possible. So like the Witcher three, uh, I don't know if steam has call of duty, but if that's on there, call of duty, any game you can think of wanting to put on that thing, I've got like three different versions of it. The first one is a 64 gigabyte version, which is 64 gigabyte embedded multimedia card. I guess the processor in it isn't as fast as the bigger ones, but then there's like one that's like 130 bucks. That's 250 gigabytes of storage. And then if you want to spend 650 bucks, you can get basically a half a terabyte. It's kind of interesting that, in a sense, we've got a new player in the gaming scene right now because there's rumors right now that Netflix is going to jump in and like a few. Google tried to jump in and that didn't go too well for them. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, is this something you guys would like maybe buy or so I think I might buy it. Definitely off on. the rip. Uh, I'll have to say that uh, I, I first off want to make a correction. I said stream deck. I meant steam deck. <laughs> I read my <laughs> notes incorrectly. <laughs> but uh, with that said, um, yeah, no, I, I think it's. It's the console that I, I tell you what, that I'm looking for, right? Because, uh, like you are saying, it's everything and anything off of Steam that is available on the uh, launcher of Steam, by the way. 
Uh, for those of you who are kind of unaware maybe about PC gaming, um, it's predominantly like an app or platform essentially where you can buy other games like Call of Duty. Call of Duty unfortunately is actually on an Epic launcher. I don't know if it's available on Steam, um, but as far as I'm aware, right, it's an uh, it's on Epic, which is a, kind of similar so to Steam. But I will say this. I am very excited to see this in the sort of console era. And I'll have you uh, give your thoughts in a second, Tyler. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that it's enter entering the console space, right? Especially the mobile console space, because I absolutely love the Switch. I think it was, it's such a, it is such a great innovation. Um, and it's like, I don't know, I love that this factor that I can plug in into my TV essentially and use it as a normal console or I take it on the go. It's so versatile that it just it makes me smile, right? And to see something like a Steam Deck sort of enter in the sphere is going to be absolutely just fantastic because it's like, I don't know if you guys remember the PSP, which was uh, PlayStation's version of like the handheld, which is like a, a Game joke, Boy. Really? And it was... It was cool when they first brought that out because you were getting like these uh, quote unquote like normal games, right? It wasn't just Nintendo games. So that's, I th definitely think, going to disrupt the uh, the sphere for Nintendo as well. I think, if anything, they're more likely, rather than competing against like Xbox and PlayStation, I feel like it's a direct competition with the Switch. Is it a switch killer? I don't know. I think time will tell. Uh, it's hard to say because you know I I don't think it's it's not out yet. Um, but I mean, I it, where gaming is going is kind of intense because um, I know in terms of Google, they're still working on rather than a console. I know they're they're diving more deep into the this gaming streaming sphere as well as Xbox, but Xbox, might I add, is doing it way better. And you're going to be able to stream from anything, including your phone. Like, I have a beta version right now where I can stream Xbox games on my phone and play it. I haven't tried it just yet, but um, you they're adding this sort of uh, ability now. And so, like, that's kind of getting crazy. But I still don't think Steam's in direct competition with them. I definitely think it's a switch versus steam um sort of sphere and do i think steam could win yes but it's hard to tell it's a little too soon um and i did want to touch on something really quick yes i did hear about netflix sort of jumping in the sort of gaming sphere but it's uh, i believe in in streaming but we'll, we'll definitely save that as a topic for another time uh, I'm going to hand the, the mic over to Tyler so that way he could sort of uh, give his thoughts. So I, it's hard to say. I, I don't think it's competing with the Switch necessarily because the Switch, in my eyes, is it's a different style of gaming. When they advertise the Steam Deck, they're pointing towards AAA titles. Um, so I, I think the audience is going to be a little bit different, but when I was looking into it, I looked at the specs 
you know, what type of processor they're using, how much RAM, how much storage, how fast the storage is. You know, and, and I have I have the basic ones in front of me right now. Like again, this is for your computer nerds out there. A four core, eight thread processor, you know, two point four to three point five gigahertz. That's pretty I mean we're talking only fifteen watts, so it's gonna be like a laptop grade kind of energy efficient processor, but that's pretty fast. And then for the GPU, it's it's all AMD based. So the RDNA 2. AMD's been talking a lot of stuff about their RDNA, and the <clears throat> second generation supposed to be a pretty big step up. But what gets me the biggest one here is when you go down to the RAM, 16 gigabytes, 5,500 mega transfers, and here's the big part. It's running in quad channel. A lot of gaming computers out there only run dual channel unless you're running extremely expensive hardware. So there's already higher bandwidth in this thing than a lot of gaming computers out there. A processor, now, if we're talking about the new generation, how much more efficient, even though it's a 15-watt chip, you can kind of look at the same way as Apple's with their M1. They have one of those low 10, 15-watt chips, and it's outperforming a lot of really high-performing Intel chips. If AMD's got the same thing going right here, that APU, which is the CPU and graphics card combined, there could be a lot of potential there. But when I looked a little bit deeper into it, apparently you can just outright install Windows on it. So if you install Windows on it, you can install any game launcher you want. So Steam, of course, it's a Steam Deck. Um, Epic Games, whatever Call of Duty's on, you know, you, you can install all of those different launchers if you're running Windows. Before you go ahead, I did read further down while you guys were talking. Yep. Ooh, it's literally PC, so you can put Windows on it and have like you Steam. You can have the Epic Store. You can even put Game Pass on it. Xbox. Oh, wow. oh. yeah, you you uh, can turn it into a Microsoft machine. It'll run whatever you, whatever my four thousand dollar gaming computer. It's it's all installed on Windows, and Windows runs on this device. So it might not run four K at ninety frames per second, but you might be able to run the same game at ten eighty p thirty frames per second. Which, if you're talking about a handheld gaming pad, awesome. I mean, I would totally do that. But, you know, you can put everything you want. And then I'm looking into it. It has a docking station that you can put, you know, you plug it in. You can plug it into the TV and play on the couch with an Xbox controller. You can do all that kind of stuff with it. So, See, and that's one, uh, like, I know you said that it's two different, um, how would you say, two different sort of audience bases, right? because you have all these AAA titles. But I think, I mean, Nintendo, first off, definitely is a Mario or something like that. Their their games are, I, I would believe, considered AAA. So I this is why I say that it's a direct competition with more likely Nintendo. Well, and that's is because you like, can't play those games because you could get an emulator and play all the same stuff on Yeah, and, and uh, well, the reason why like I feel like it's in direct competition with Switch is because it's like 
direct competition with mobile gaming, right? Like this ability to have a handheld console, uh, you know, uh, and take it anywhere. That is where the competition kind of sets because normally when someone thinks like, oh, okay, well, I want a console that I'm going to be playing on the go. What do you think of the Switch? Now you're having this new Steam Deck that is apparently mm-hmm. now going to give you the ability to play Epic games as well as, uh, you know, Xbox Game Pass. So you're really just stepping into the territory of like, okay, what mobile console would you choose over the other one? I mean, for what it sounds like on paper, I would probably choose the Steam Deck over a Switch. But uh, I don't know. It's it's definitely tough to say. But that's why I say that it's sort of indirect competition with um, uh, the Switch. I think that I think what you're saying does make sense. I think it probably, in a sense, in essence, it's in the same. It's in mobile gaming, which I guess, in theory, basically Nintendo's competitor right now before the Steam Deck comes out is basically just phones. Yeah. Because like a lot of games. Like a lot of uh, I've noticed that a lot of mobile games are also being put onto the Switch because the Switch is basically a glorified phone. It's got a, basically phone processors in it. It's like a big phone that you're playing games on. But um, I think the reason that Nintendo really doesn't need to worry at all about this is Nintendo is almost unless they really screw up, like nobody's going to kill them. They're going to have to kill themselves because they have so many of like the greatest franchises that you can think of. They have all those the Mario, like one of the greatest franchises ever. They have Pokemon, like the most sold media pieces of media ever. Um they just have like so many like their their library of games, they have the best like exclusives of any of the consoles, and I think unless they decide to like let somebody use one of their exclusives exclusive characters and then they slowly start le- le- putting those games on other platforms i don't think that there's any way that nintendo will ever die they just they're just not like xbox where for a while xbox really didn't have that many exclusives it was kind of just like xbox was relying on like the power um more than the games themselves whereas like with the switch we're just like we're just putting this thing out it's not super powerful but we have the games and nobody's gonna care and i also think that uh, the steam deck isn't like the switch is aimed more towards casual gamers and the steam deck seems to be more towards like hardcore pc gamers who like when they're not at their pc they want to and want to still be playing got the steam deck to just whip out of their backpack and just go so like is it a competitor? Kind of. Is it really? I don't think so. I will say this in, in terms of n- Nintendo. Um, I would like to see definitely more exclusives and then push it out, right? Because it definitely feels like they very much use, like, you know, the same few franchises. And I hope that they branch out to more because I feel like eventually in terms of like them dying out and like people losing some inkling of interest in them, it's going to be because like, they're like, okay, well this is like the eighth, you know, Mario game that you've released. And now like, for example, they started diving back into Metroid. Uh, That's coming out in October. So it's like, they're very much 
hopefully starting to dive into the other amazing exclusives that they that they own um but that again is definitely a topic for another time but i i totally agree with you uh i do not think this is a uh switch killer at all but i i don't know it's definitely gonna rival and add some competition uh in the mobile gaming sphere um and 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 yet that's why in terms as well uh like with the xbox streaming and google stadia and all that jazz i feel like that is a whole different battle on its own but in this sort of sphere um yeah it's gonna add for more competition and i think that's what the people deserve and uh it's what's gonna sort of keep prices uh down but we are getting close to time so we're uh gonna have to wrap up and some of the topics that we didn't get to today we're gonna have in our next episode uh which hopefully will be airing uh the following uh friday for or yeah friday following friday so we have a new schedule we'll be only posting three times a month uh we'll always notify you as to when the new episode is coming up uh, so please follow us on our social media. We're doing our best and our darnest to make sure that we're updating you guys via social media when our episodes post. Always expect it on a Friday or within the weekend. Okay, it's going to be from Friday to Sunday range. A new episode will come out again only three times a month. So expect that uh, out of three weekends we'll have a new episode up for you guys. But thank you so much. Again, don't forget to check our sponsors in the description down below. Uh, all of their links are there. And uh, I'll offer you guys the question. Uh, are you excited for the Steam Deck? Do you think it's a Switch killer? Um, and how do you feel about the energy-saving effort that, uh, how would you say, that California and other states are taking the measure for do you think it needs to be implemented as soon as possible? Please, again, leave those comments down below. We want to hear from you guys. Again, thanks for listening, as always. Uh, we love you. Bye.